Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing well. And this is a really great way to kick off this year, I think, is like two of like the greatest horror films of all time. And yeah, I, I'm ballsy enough to say they're two of the greatest horror movies of all time. And then just mm-hmm. watch me go downhill the rest of the year. Like... Yeah. <laughs> We're starting <laughs> we at the high point and, it's gonna... and just well, falling. I... <laughs> I do. I will tease that there is one pick coming up in a couple of, well, a few weeks or so, something like that, that I think has some questionable quality that some people might hate on. But uh... that that means for Christmas this year we have to watch the worst horror movies ever made. I think we actually have yeah. Christmas ones on the schedule. We have Santa Slays and Day of the Beast in December, which, which Day are... of the Beast is actually pretty good. Santa Slays. But Santa I... Slays is not. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. There you Perfect. Go. Our trajectory. Uh, yeah. I've got some good guests this year, too. I mean, I have Dan on the schedule, which, I mean, I think everyone loves Dan. But, uh, yes. uh, you know, the episode after this, we're going to have Dr. Arnold Blumberg on, who is a certified expert on zombies. And, oh, yeah, he's an author and educator. And uh, I'm, it's going to be exciting to have him on to talk to zombies with somebody actually who knows their shit about zombies. Instead of yeah, that's fun. that sounds fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. The Conjuring, uh, great movie, possibly even perfect. I do really like this movie. Yeah, um, I think this movie kind of heralded the kind of. It came at a time when we were seeing like a revival of horror movies that were kind of in the style of. Uh, kind of moving away from like found footage because I know found footage was prevalent for such a long time and mm-hmm. kind of like I think The Conjuring was one of those few movies that got me back into horror after I kind of left it for a little while mm. um, and uh, yeah so I'll always like really like this movie just because for me it's like what I kind of credit as like getting me interested in horror movies again after I kind of just stepped away for a bit and obviously now, like, horror movies, especially modern horror movies, there's so many different types. Like, you have your found footage, mm-hmm. but you also have, you know, movies that are a bit more like your classic slashers and stuff like that. But I think The Conjuring kind of showed, especially even box office-wise, like, you can do quite a bit of different things with the genre and still have it be financially and critically viable. So, And mm-hmm. and it was, such a, it was such an interesting shift for James Wan to make as well, right? Because... Mm-hmm. I mean, he had so many different toeholds into horror by that point, uh, given the the Saw films being what they are, and kind of creating that that kind of subgenre within horror. And then, um, I mean, he does his largely forgotten Death Wish movie, which I think is better than any Death Wish movie, uh, Death Sentence, which is so good. Uh, and Dead Silence, I think, gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, more than it, more of a bad rap than it deserves. Yeah. Um, because I, I think it's really inventive, but uh, again, 
it's that's kind of like a monstrous side of horror that he was dabbling with and did insidious come before or after the conjuring i feel like it came before i think it was like just before i think it was just before which is a haunted house movie yes yeah but approached in a more modern sense because there's something about the conjuring that feels so inherently old school Americana horror. Mm-hmm. Um like that it harkens back to almost like a like Amityville or 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 uh um Hell House or something that like something that would have been made in like seventy six type thing. And that's how I feel about the conjuring. And I think that's why immediately why I loved it as much as I did. Um, and I mean, the hide and seek game is such a brilliant trope. The clap, the clapping. Yay. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so great. So great. And just again, like, like the extra system we talked about just chills you to the bone with mm-hmm. something very simple. Yeah. Yeah. This, the, the conjuring was a really, the movie that, um, kind of like what Kurt was saying earlier, there was just kind of not super great stuff that was coming out in horror. It was a lot of like, sequels of things like saw Mm -hmm. sequels paranormal activity sequels like stuff that we had already kind of seen and had been done really well in the first movies but now the sequels were like "Eh." and so when the conjuring came out it was like this actually felt like a good new horror movie like the the scares were good the the effects were were like the scene where she's folding the laundry or hanging the laundry up on the line and then it excuse me the sheet falls and then flies up to the window like that shit was so cool to see when you had kind of been getting movies before that were kind of just sticking to the same shtick Mm. it at least what it felt like to me at the time i think i think this was around the time that i was working in a movie theater and so a lot of it felt like it was kind of going into that very generic territory of uh not even just horror movies but just like how kind of you know series get when they were just like attaching a name onto something and not actually trying to make something that's actually good so yeah anyways that was a very long-winded way of saying that this was kind of like the breath of fresh air in terms of horror movies around that time and i think that feeling especially really sticks with me in terms of the conjuring and just Mm -hmm. really makes me remember uh specific scares in this movie that impressed me um Mm. just because of I felt like they were actually scary and someone was actually paying attention to the little details and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I did also, in my Googling, realized that Cabin of the Woods came out like a year before. So I'm like, Ooh. oh, maybe that got me back into horror first. But uh, I don't want to take away too much from the conjuring because I do still love the movie. But yeah, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe it wasn't entirely the conjuring but i will credit it still for at least getting me back into horror in the main in a major way um yeah so what is the conjuring even about which i'm sure most people have seen the movie but uh the official summary in 1970 paranormal investigators and demonologists lorraine and ed warren are summoned to the home of carolyn and roger perrin the perrins and their five daughters have recently moved into a secluded farmhouse where a supernatural presence has made itself known through the manifestations uh, although the manifestations are relatively benign at first events soon escalate in horrifying fashion especially after the warrants discover the house's macabre history um yeah maybe in like 10 years they can start talking about how financially successful the movie was too 
but like from, <laughs> from uh, award-winning uh, director James Wan or something like that. So, but uh, I mean, well, they expanded a whole universe that came from this. Yes, uh, I still think the first Conjuring is probably the best. Yeah, them. I I do like the Enfield one, which would be the second film. I, I just because. Uh, some of the things, the elements that, that the Conjuring is playing with are based on like true or or quote-unquote true um, haunting stories and stuff like that, that uh, that if you're interested in all that kind of paranormal stuff that you've kind of, you've heard of these stories or you've heard of the work of the Warrens, which is regarded on, uh, on a slippery slope where there's a double-edged sword there are people that really believe them and some people think that they're con artists and everything mm. um, but some of these things you know uh, little elements of them heading into it and I think that's what brought the appeal mm. uh, and even though they weren't it wasn't done as effectively like even you you hear little things about the the La Llorona thing and everything that's been in the in, in films for the last couple of years now so it's like um, he's able to, I think he's able to pick, he, he kind of cherry picked things that people would know. And I think yeah. that's been led to the success of the series. But yeah, I mean, the first movie is the most effective one, though there is stuff in that second movie that I think is really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember in getting prepared for the second movie, there was an article that came out that was like, oh, Here's like real life stuff that uh, this movie is kind of adapting. And there was the, in the second movie, I think they have like a scene where they're at uh, some talk show. And uh, in the movie, Conjuring 2, like they make Ed Warren seem like the totally rational one. But if you watch like the actual thing in real life, like he just sounds like a crazy person. You're like, mm-hmm. Huh, mm-hmm. well, that's a little bit of an adaptation choice, I guess, creative decision. But yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, in terms of, like, whether you believe the Warrens or not, I, I you know what, for the sake of enjoying the movie, I, I go along with it. Even if I do wonder if at times there may be, we're maybe getting a little bit of a glossed version of them for the sake of the movie, but I'm also okay with it. I'm not going to, like, stop watching the movie because of that or anything, but, uh, yeah. Um, what was the first time uh, we all watched this movie? I saw it in theaters opening weekend. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I yeah. want to say that I did too. I'm pretty sure I saw this in a theater setting, which is probably another reason why I enjoy this movie as much as I do. Mm. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think I just enjoy this. Uh, I, I enjoyed the hype of this movie. Like when leading up to it, like you had a lot of interviews and people saying like, Oh, this movie's like kind of like an old school callback to horror and stuff like that. And it was just getting me really excited. So when I did, uh, when I was able to buy tickets for it, I was like, yeah, I'm going, of course I am. So, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we have a couple emails here. Ben says, I know people hate jump scares, but there's some effective jump scares in this. 
Absolutely. Yeah. My anxiety during this movie was off the charts. Let me tell you, there are so many scenes where it's just like slowly panning across the room. And not Mm -hmm. all of those scenes have jump scares. And I've seen this movie before. So rewatching this, I knew that. Mm -hmm. But every one of those scenes still got me. I had to have something out beside me to distract myself with because I I couldn't, I just couldn't stay focused. Those are like, my biggest uh, uh, scary things in movies is my anxiety. Can't handle jump scares, especially when the movie makes it very obvious that they're setting one up. Yeah. And it's just, uh, so I could, there was a lot of that in this movie <laughs> to the yeah. point where I was like, oh my God, my heart, I don't know if I could take this anymore. Even though they were all like, had a purpose and they set the atmosphere and uh, like, yeah, no, I just, so if, if you really, really hate jump scares, like this would never be a movie that my husband could watch because mm. he just he can't do jump scares. Um, even though the rest of the movie is like so good and a lot of the jump scares are really good and like serve a purpose, but oh my goodness, that was that was my one big thing with this movie that I was like, is this movie's trying to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> I can see it being like a huge anxiety thing too, right? Like oh yeah, yeah, and uh, re well. The last time I watched, because I didn't rewatch it for the podcast, but like the last time I watched it, like I think the jump scares weren't really as effective because I seen them coming. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can also see like for how they set that all up that uh, you could definitely uh, get pretty scared by that because like how they kind of build up that tension is so well done. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is some uh, downside to some of the jump scares, like. In, in my opinion, some of the makeup looked a little hokey for some of the demon-possessed people, it, just in my opinion, and that kind of took away from it, like, um, the, the woman on top of the big armoire dresser thing. Um, they do a zoom in on her face, and if the screen is a little too bright, you see a full shot of her in... Um, I don't know. It just seems like very simplistic style of makeup. And I know it's supposed to be very scary, but I just saw an old woman in a lot of makeup and that kind of took a little bit away from the, the jump scare. But, um, but yeah, other than that, it was like, uh, just anxiety, anxiety town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Naomi says, I overall like this movie, but I feel like the possessed mom could have done more damage. I don't really buy her as a threat. I don't know if she's necessarily meant to be a threat, though. That's the thing. Like, I think they're more so just trying to save her. I don't think she's meant to, like, start breaking things and, like, killing people. I think they were more like, hey, that's her mom. We kind of want to save her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. it uh, On some level, I do kind of understand that. It does feel like a little bit like they they, they got through her demon possession pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, she, got, she got was getting the bruises for a while, and she got possessed. Um I don't even actually know what point in the movie it was. It felt like it was pretty early on. But she doesn't get, like, the full, like, demon look until right in that end scene when she's, when the actual climax is happening. Yeah. Um, and it would have kind of been cool to see a little more of that. Um, like, almost in the way that they do it with, like, the Duke, where the mother is, like, you can kind of see a little more of her internal struggle. I, which maybe helped with that. Yeah. Um, so maybe just as a character, we didn't get to see a lot of her um which might have helped uh with that mm-hmm. feeling yeah um but yeah i think i think the focus of this movie was really more on the warrens and and their struggles with this case so i think that kind of took away from uh the uh 
what was the family names, the parents a little bit in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, well, let's go to awards. Best line from this movie. Um, I don't know if I wrote down a best line from this movie, to be honest. Yeah, this is not really a quippy. Uh, yeah, not really. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think there was like one where Ed said it was a big mistake acknowledging this doll, and I was like, I just got a bit of a chuckle on that. So, <laughs> just like I, think, I don't know, well, just somebody telling you that, like, don't acknowledge the doll, like, just I don't know, just out of context in the movie is kind of funny. But I think the Ed Warren line, "The devil exists, God exists," and for us as people, our very destiny hinges upon which one we elect to follow. Mm-hmm. Mm. That he's got a lot of those grandiose lines, though, and it's it's Patrick Wilson who's really good at delivering those lines. Like the fact that it's Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, I think, it lends so much more credibility to the characters, yeah. maybe more than they deserve. But yeah, I just love them so much, and especially as a duo, I just think they work so well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Lorraine character has a couple lines where he talks about them being brought together by God, and I thought that those were too bad, but. I don't know something about this movie there nothing was really like there weren't any lines that I was like oh that was delivered really well or oh that mm-hmm. was just lends such atmosphere to the scene mm-hmm. like there wasn't really anything that stood out to me uh right. in terms in terms of the actual script I guess but mm. it was more like the the actual camera shots and the things and in, in my opinion that make this the most effective less yeah. so the uh, the dialogue <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, best performance in this movie. Uh, Vera Farmiga, or or Lily Taylor. Lily Taylor is so goddamn good in this, but she's it's like unfair because she's really great in everything. Like, <laughs> it's really hard to find a bad Lily Taylor performance. Yeah, I think uh, Vera's got quite a bit to work with in this, which I think kind of yeah. ekes her out for me, just because like. And she's kind of, she gets all these great lines. Like Ed's kind of like okay, but then like Vera's like the one that's like, oh, the spirits are drawing closer and all this other stuff. And I always have to think like, as an actor, you're probably like, man, she's getting all the good shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put I put the mother Lily Taylor just because, especially the scene at the end. I felt like she she did that one really well, where where she's like working through a possession basically mm-hmm. um and I, I think it also helped that uh uh it seemed like for her makeup that they did it was very i don't know it was creepy it like actually made her look demon possessed instead of just someone in demon makeup or someone yeah dead yeah. makeup you know um so i i don't know i i thought that her performance in that and all, like she doesn't get quite as much screen time as um maybe she deserves in this movie as the the especially the trope uh, role of the mother, the Mm demon-possessed mother. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like they, yeah, maybe they could have leaned into that a little bit more in the movie and and given her a little bit more. But um, yeah, for the scenes that she was in, it was was really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Best kill. I'm trying to remember. There's no kills. Yeah. Never mind. I was trying to remember. Like, is there a kill? I don't think there is. And no, there's not. 
So we'll just skip past that, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and there's no death in this movie. Does does exercising a demon count as killing the demon? <laughs> I, I think that's a tough sell. <laughs> uh, dumbest decision in this movie. Wait, there was one kill. The dog died. Oh, right. The dog. Okay. The dog. It was very anticlimactic because they yeah. just come out one day and the dog's dead, which is kind of sad, but... <laughs> yeah, Aww. it's not a it's not an animal lovers movie at all. No, no, no. Peta was having a field day when I saw this movie. Yeah, you, you, only, you only get to see the dog like in the very beginning, and that's it. No doggo. No. <laughs> um, dumbest decision in this movie: acknowledging the doll. You just don't acknowledge yeah. the doll. <laughs> what the hell were you doing? I think it's a I think it's a morbid curiosity at that point, though. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there's also a part of my brain that's like, you know, maybe when you have a kid, speaking specifically to about the Warrens, you should give up your career of pissing off evil entities that could fill <laughs> your home. That's yeah. just my opinion, maybe. But like, hmm, you know, you Annabelle, sense. Annabelle comes home. <laughs> yeah. I just need you to stop making so much sense, Taylor, because that's just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't give me parenting advice that makes sense. Sorry, sorry. Um, no. <laughs> Be ghost hunters, have all the kids. That's, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Armies of demons. Who, who that cares? Like a, that sounds like a problem for future me. <laughs> and the future uh, child, too. Exactly. I wanted, imagine, I wanted a scene where they're like, well, what if our kid gets a demon? I'll just exercise the demon out of the kid. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be all good. Yeah. I believe we're needed in, <laughs> or Samuel Jackson is like you're needed in Enfield, at yeah. the very end. But I told you about the Warren's initiative. <laughs> uh, I think it's time to rate this movie, uh, and again, probably like the last movie we talked about, probably pretty favorable because yeah, I I'm going grandiose again. I love this movie. It's a ten. I, it's still nice. effective every time i watch it I, I i absolutely adore this movie and uh like taylor said it gives you anxiety of like what's coming and for it still to do that to you even if you've watched it two three four five times mm -hmm. like that's that's the mark of a a true horror classic yeah mm -hmm. uh i'm not gonna go as high as a 10 but i am gonna go there are some things in this movie that take me out of it a little bit when I rewatch it and just make me go, ah, it was a little bit hokey. But at the same time, those kind of hokiness kind of makes me like it. Like it adds a little bit to the the feel of this movie overall, um, especially because they really make it feel like it's taking place in the time period of like mm. late 60s, early 70s. Right. Yeah. Um, so honestly, sometimes that hokiness kind of feels like it's part of that 70s atmosphere i guess yeah. um but yeah i just this is this is not a movie that i can sit still while watching because it just makes me feel oh every panning shot every mm -hmm. time you think something is going to jump out um sometimes things jump out when you're not expecting it and um yeah so i just i this will always be one that i will be down to watch basically yeah no this is like an easy movie to just kind of recommend to people too like people are mm -hmm. like oh i don't watch that many horror movies what's a good one to start with i you know in conjuring terms of modern yeah. horror movies yeah the conjuring is such a great one to yeah start with. easy sell yeah uh i'll give this a nine out of ten as well i don't know if i'm quite on board the 10 train but uh <laughs> i mean it's still a really good movie out of nine it's still worth watching 
cool. Well, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, I'm also on Letterbox, where you can see all my uh, more up-to-date reviews there. Uh, and then I'm also on uh, The Shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific time. And then on the Jazz Joe Hall Show every Friday just for a little bit during the day to give uh, pre-recorded what the hell should you watch for the weekend type thing. And uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, and my website's uh, stevestebbing.ca. Nice. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, mostly on Instagram or on Twitch. My username is Um I stream normally Friday nights uh, around 6pm PST and sometimes other random nights if I have the energy to. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of writing or trying to set up my camera so I can do more artsy things, but my computer is kind of garbage, so I'm still figuring that out. Um, uh, other than that, if I'm doing anything else, I will post it on my blog, which is circeanic.home.blog, although I think I have it down right now because I'm trying to give it a bit of a facelift, so just keep an eye on that. Okay. Uh, I'm over at threeingrenews.com. I want to say by time this comes out, you can check out my review of Scream. Uh, pending, of course, that the movie theater stay open long enough for me to go to this press screening. I think it's uh, almost too late, though. At this point, they can't cancel it. At this point, don't don't jinx it, Steve. You're putting this bad just saying. I'm saying we're <laughs> I'm saying we're we're five days away, so it's like, uh, come on. Now. You know what? I just I, I just want this movie in my life, and uh, I mean, <laughs> not, I, no, I I actually have been rewatching the Scream movies in preparation. I rewatched one and two yesterday. I'm gonna watch three and four today. I think. Um, and uh, I'm just like, I'm on board the hype train. I'm ready for this. The ready mm-hmm. or not guys are doing this and they killed with that movie. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to that. I'm on letterbox fatal cola. I'm on Twitter. Although I'm thinking of quitting Twitter because fucking Twitter spoiled the Dexter new blood finale for me. God damn it. Oh, oh fuck. It was the Hollywood reporter too. They put in, they like hyperlinked an article that literally spoils the series season finale of dexter new blood i'm like you what the fuck fuckers why'd you do this so i guess i'm gonna watch that after this because at this point now i've been mildly spoiled on it so mm. anyways well maybe i'll stay on twitter but Hollywood <laughs> you've done, you've done that was a, quite the rail ro- roller coaster there bud <laughs> <laughs> maybe only twitter uh oh, maybe i'll stay uh you know what? No, but I, I do have a gripe when like these, you know, like Steve probably knows this, but like as film reviewers, you just try your best not to spoil things. A, because you don't want to spoil it for the listener, but also, mm-hmm. or viewer or whatever, but also too, you want to keep a good working relationship with the studio. And then you see like big guys like the Hollywood Reporter or Variety just be like, oh, all the Spider-Mans are in No Way Home. And you're like, what are you, what are you doing? How do you get away with doing this? Right? Just yeah. how? Anyways. It's, it's just a thing. Um, yeah. And then, uh, well, our next double billing will be zombie-themed, uh, which I'm very excited for. Day of the Dead and Night of the Comet. Um, both of those are lots of fun, um, particularly Night of the Comet. Uh, I I haven't rewatched that movie in a while. I'm excited to go and revisit it. And for Day of the Dead, at least, we're going to have a guest, Dr. Arnold Blumberg. 
uh, who uh, he's a certified zombie expert, as we said. So that'll be very fun to have him on to talk zombie movies. So, yeah. With that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.